Hello, and welcome to Better Betting. Here are your hosts, the King of Timonium, Gary Quill, and the ruler of the replays, Eric Rubin. Hey, and welcome to Better Betting. My name is Eric Rubin, and I'm here with my partner, the King of Timonium, Gary Quill. GQ, how be you? I'm doing great. I've avoided a positive test of uh, COVID so far. The basketball team's not doing so well. We've uh, taken it on the chin by double digits in our last couple games. But to be fair, uh, the teams we've played are perennial de- decent teams. So it was it was no surprise, but still disappointing just how, how it came about. Our, our last game, it was like 11 to nothing in the first 90 seconds. And, it just went downhill from there. But anyway, other than that, we're recording on December 23rd, which is used to be a big date in my married life. My ex's birthday is today. So happy birthday to my ex. I actually I actually w- was a good guy and I texted her happy birthday today. So after eight years, I think the ice might be actually broken and she's actually communicating um, with me to be civil, which is a good thing, I guess. Very nice. It's also Festivus today. Yes. I thought that's what the big thing in your life was, but happy (laughs) Festivus. Actually, it should be as as, uh, I greeted everyone in the Wasabi website with happy Festivus, uh, the leader of uh, Wasabi TK messaged me and said, you of all people should be celebrating. It, it, it's this today's fitting for you since a lot of people know me as George, aka George Costanza, because of my sports betting acumen. I should always go the opposite, which sports betting actually tomorrow, actually, uh, in reality, I could have made legal sports bets because uh, Maryland is now on board. They've legalized uh, sports betting, which actually happened 13 months ago, but not until a few weeks ago. The brick and mortar casinos take your sports betting action now. So, uh, but I was holding out to the casino closest to me, which tomorrow they just got their license approved today after a soft opening demonstrated that they can, I guess, take bets. Who knows? So it uh, looks like uh, 2022 might be um, a rough year for old GQ if he gets into the sports betting. <laughs> New York um, news also just the other day. It uh, looks like there's a date. I don't know if they said it yet, but late January to legalize. Well, it is legalized, but they have to pick a date. Uh, right. Online sports betting. And I think they approved about eight different online vendors for the sports betting. So sounds like uh, maybe three weeks away, definitely before the Super nice. Bowl. So I'm not really a sports better anyway, but I think like if I was watching a game or I went to a bar at some point to watch a game, uh, it would make it a little more fun, throw like 10, 20 bucks. Yeah, I'm not going to bet a lot on something I don't know that much about, but uh, it might be fun. So looking forward to it. Yep. You uh, uh, other, other than that, um, uh, you held a poll on Twitter to see who the masses would like us to, you want to uh, give that away um, yeah. right now? Yeah, we, um, <laughs> you know, there's a couple of uh, big things happening uh, after Christmas. Obviously, everyone is off for Christmas, uh, at least in the North American horse racing scene. 
So the day after, there's a lot going on. Always the day after Christmas, known as Boxing Day, of course, in England, is Santa Anita opening day, a tradition. So I'm not a big West Coast better. I'm not a really a Santa Anita, Del Mar guy. But, uh, you know, it's always a, a fun meet to look at, especially at the beginning, until they whittle it down to four horse fields with, you know, three Bafferts and, well, five horse field with three Bafferts and two O'Neills. But uh, in the meantime, they have, a, you know, what people are excited for an opening day card because they have a lot of graded stakes races. I don't know if it's the best betting card, though. So we put that up because the two of us were kind of more me internally debating, but the two of us were debating uh, whether to come to that or the fairgrounds has a $103,000 pick five carryover. You don't see over a $100,000 pick five carryover too often. The problem is it's a CDI track, a Churchill Downs track, and I am very much uh, anti-Churchill Downs. You couldn't pay me to use Twin Spires if they gave 50% rebates or something like that. Um, so I'm not going to say I'm perfect. I do bet Derby Day, but that's about the only, uh, maybe I bet like the occasional big carryover at Churchill Downs, but I might bet Churchill twice a year. Um, I, I never really bet fairgrounds. Um, I didn't bet Arlington really maybe once a year or so. And I'm trying to think what other tracks say. Oh, and Turfway, I did bet like the carryover the other day. And I would like to bet Turfway, but I don't because it's a CDI track. So I'm not saying I never bet Churchill tracks, but I almost never do. And I guess when I do, I'm in my mind, I say, yeah, my ADW is getting most of the money anyway. Not uh, not Churchill. So I'm not using Twin Spires. So I don't feel as bad, but I'm, I'm against Louisiana racing um, for a lot of reasons, more than just Churchill. And I hope they cleaned up their act, but it was like the horse slaughter capital of the world. I mean, it was just disgusting it, um, from what I knew about the treatment of horses. Supposedly it's gotten better. And I really hope it has, because while I occasionally bet Turfway or I occasionally bet uh, Churchill, I don't think I bet Louisiana in several years now. So, but with the carryover, um, I'm sucking up my, I wrote morals. Our friend, uh, Sands and Sulks on Twitter, Mike said, you know, maybe like principles or use another word, but I'm going to suck it up. And, uh, you know, I'm going to look at that or we looked at that, uh, fairgrounds race. So anyway, the vote was 60, 40, believe it or not in favor of Santa Anita. It was like 36, 24. So I looked at Santa Anita first and I'm going through the card and I'm like, Shh. I mean, flight line, he's listed four to five. He's not going to be four to five, even two to five, if not less. Um, there's another big favorite, a Baffert horse. I'm like, why didn't want to try and beat him? This kind of sucks. I don't know if I really want, even want to bet this. So I looked at fairgrounds because I figured maybe I'll bet it anyway because of the carryover. And I definitely liked it a little better because you can get a few prices and a little more wide open races where I have opinions. So Wrote back to you after we went waffled back and forth. And I feel bad, but we're going to focus on fairgrounds, even though 3624 people wanted Santa Anita on the uh, Twitter poll. But we're going to also cover Santa Anita a little bit. We're definitely going to spend the uh, brunt of the podcast on the fairgrounds, but we will definitely do some Santa Anita towards the end. So if you don't like fairgrounds, you want Santa Anita, you can uh, wait a few more minutes because GQ has uh, one little segment he wants to do. And then we'll... Uh, let you know you can skip ahead to the Santa Anita portion if that's what you like. So GQ, before we get into the uh, racing, because we do have a lot of race to cover, you had some uh, Christmas presents that you wanted to give out to the horse racing industry. Yes, but before I, I do that, I'll I'll bail you out on the, the Twitter poll saying that I probably influenced a lot of people <laughs> with my posts in your poll saying that um, since you're, you're so anti CDI in Louisiana. And at the time I, I 
posted that, I didn't realize there was a huge carryover. So um, we'll we'll slide by that. If you were a Gentile, you'd get coal in your um, stocking on Christmas morning <laughs> for not not going with the with the poll said. But that's not the first time a poll didn't mean anything, right? So uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's true, and we are going to cover both, and also. <laughs> Uh, we'll see. Luckily, no coal in my stocking. My first year without a stocking in about 10 years. So, uh, no coal. Okay. So, so yes, uh, uh, in, in the spirit of Christmas, I'm uh, not actually giving these presents out. It's kind of like a, a wish list for these people in the horse racing industry that they get this for Christmas. Can't wait. Um, yeah. So, it's a, it's, a, it's a short list. It's only about four, four people or groups of people so i'll start off with at the top um i'm i would wish that on christmas morning under his tree mr baffert finds an honorary degree from the uh, university of north carolina chapel hill why uh because they're the number one pharmaceutical store uh school in the country so I wish that Mr. Baffert gets an honorary pharmaceutical degree from the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Um, for uh, one of your favorite uh, jockeys, Irad Ortiz, I want to, I'm hoping that he gets in his stocking a book called Be a Good Sport, Diggity Do. It's all about good sportsmanship. And so uh, I truly wish Irad uh, finds that under his tree or in, in his stocking. And uh, to go along with that theme, um, I really wish in bulk, maybe they, uh, Santa Claus could get it from Amazon in bulk. Um, there's a book, there's another book by the name of Bootsy Barker Bites. And it's a book about bullying, uh, how to deal with bullies. And so I would give that to all the other jockeys in the Naira colony where I ride rides and maybe ship some down to Gulfstream Park for the winter. So uh, those jockeys can uh, deal with bullies um, like the aforementioned uh, one who got the other book. And finally, Last but not least, former trainer Jorge Navarro. He got five years for how he treated horses. So um, hopefully for his sake, he gets a jar of Vaseline. So he'll be needing it where he's going to be calling home for the next five years. So with that, they're my Christmas gift wishes for those in the horse racing industry. I now have to put a parental guide rating on this podcast. <laughs> Thanks, GQ. Hey, you know, uh, you never know what he, he could use that for, you know, uh, where he's like, going to be at. So, um, yes, they're, they're, they're my Christmas gift wishes for all for those notorious people in 2021. Uh, and uh, hopefully next week when we do our last show of 2021, we come up with something clever uh, looking forward to 2022 or looking back at 2021. So 
that's what I got. And now we can get busy with the uh, handicap. All right. So we're going to jump into the races. Great job, GQ, with those uh, gift ideas. It's not too late if you listen to this Thursday night when it comes out. You can jump on, buy a couple books last minute. Fairgrounds. We're going to do the late pick five. It's a little confusing because there is a pick five, I think, race seven, and then a late, which all the stakes races are, and then a late pick five, race nine. That's the one with the carryover, the race nine pick five. So uh, if you don't mind for time purposes to save 40 minutes, I'll just introduce the races if that's okay. Sure. Go for <laughs> it. Yeah, since so, I did such a bang up job last week. <laughs> race nine. Now we can do it real quick. Race nine, a mile and 16th on the turf. Uh, it is the Buddy Diliberto Memorial, who is a sports writer in New Orleans, I read about. Uh, it's a mile and 16th on the turf. I already said that. 75,000 is a purse. And this race, I don't know if you know this, GQ, but because I am such a preparation nut, uh, I read about the fact that a few of these horses are scratching out of this race, so it's going to change a lot. Ooh, Apparently, okay. uh, number 10, Spooky Channel, is apparently oh. out of the race. Ouch. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, because I was betting against him and he wouldn't take taken money, but what are you going to do? Uh, there was another one. I think it's not, that's definite. Hierarchy is not definite, but he's almost definitely going to be scratched. The two horse, who I also was betting against, but I don't think he would have taken much money. And a horse who I do like a little big dreaming, the five might scratch. He's entered on a, in a dirt race earlier in the card. So they said it's kind of like 50-50 if he's there or here. Maybe something came out late today. I didn't look on Thursday where he's going, so I didn't check for that. But um, those are like, you know, some either likely or definitely scratch in one case. Okay. Well, um, I, I think, you know, not that big dreaming is getting, or any of these horses are going elsewhere based on whether or not this will stay on the turf because I believe the weather is going to be fine in New Orleans and has been the last couple of days. Um, and over the weekend, again, we're, we're handicapping for Sunday, the 26th. So um, hopefully all these race, the races that are supposed to be on the turf, which I think it's two in the sequence, um, will stay on the turf. So I'm sorry, I just wanted to throw that in. No, oh, excellent. All right, so let's jump into the race here. Kind of disappointed uh, the 10 uh, Spooky Channel scratch because it would have helped my price. Uh, there's a few horses I like here. I'm going to go three deep most likely in my pick five here. And the horse I'm going to lean on the most, I guess, in my betting is the 12, uh, 40 under. 15 to one morning line, Mike Maker, you know me, speed and fade. But a, a big thing here is the fact that, I don't know, five, six of these are coming out of the same race. It's the BF Wright Memorial, um, 75,000K on November 27th. And you guys can go back if you haven't and watch the race. But to me, that race definitely set up for closers. Um, there was a, a strong pace, I felt. Uh, 40 under, who was 8-1, to one, dueled another 8-1 to one shot, who faded badly. So he did a lot of dirty work. He put away a somewhat decent horse. And I upgraded that performance big time. And he's had back numbers that have been okay. And I think that he's kind of rounding back into form here. There's not much pace in the race, which only helps him. So to me, 12.40 under, I think will be a decent price, is going to be my top pick. The other horse I want to use equally pretty much, who I was torn between this horse I'm about to mention and the 12, and that is the 7 Cavalry Charge. The reason I would put the 12 and lean on him more, I think, is because... I don't think the morning, now the morning line is going to get messed up because of the scratches, but 
I just think Cavalry Charger is going to take a lot of money and be one of the favorites. Well, I think Spooky, uh, I'm sorry, um, the 12 horse 40 under will be a price. Uh, if they're the same price, then I don't really have a preference. I, I just think I would take the better price horse, and that's probably going to be the 12, but first leg so we can find out. Uh, Cavalry Charge, why do I like him? Well, he's been steadily improving for Dallas Stewart, who steadily improves horses. He's having a, a really strong year, especially with his two-year-olds. He's a four-year-old. Uh, but again, another horse coming off a, a good couple races here. Two back, that was a legit effort at Kentucky Downs. And then last race at Keeneland, he stalked a 10-to-1 shot. He was right on that one's hip. And that one faded to last. So again, a horse who was up on a pace that it looks okay maybe on paper because it wasn't yielding, but it, it was a you know fairly hot pace that collapsed there. And I just think that Cavalry Charge ran a really good race. And I don't think this is much of a class step up. I mean, he was coming off a 95 buyer. He got 85 and 90 before that. Yet he was eight to one in the race. If you look at that BF Wright Memorial race, I mean, the horses that were running like 90 buyers were, you know, five to one, eight to one. It wasn't much of a difference. So um, my point is that I don't think this is a step up in class much for a cavalry charge. So I don't worry about that. My, my fear is the price won't be anywhere near uh, 12 to one. There's one other horse I was going to mention that I'm going to use. But uh, GQ, I'll throw to you for your thoughts on either those two or anyone you like. Well, I I was going to just quickly mention both both of those. Like obviously the, the the twelve. Okay, well I'll just start quickly with the twelve. I think the fact that you know he broke through the gate, and when you look at replays, you don't mm-hmm. see that. So anytime a horse breaks through the gate, don't know how far he went. You know, maybe didn't. But he, you, you figure he, he, he was like uh, revved up and, uh, you know, the speed and fade angle, which is your favorite. Uh, yeah, I can definitely see uh, why you like him. And I, I was also liking the seven cavalry charge. Not a, neither of them as my top pick, but, you know, the horse has always run good fresh. And, uh, you know, that's just an angle that uh, kind of like. And, you know, uh, a $90,000 allowance race, nine winners of three other than, I think that's better competition than yeah. what what uh, he's going to face today. So I, I saw this race as a drop in class Possible. type of Close. thing. You know, so uh, yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you with both of those. Uh, the So I'll just mention the horse that I kind of like. I'm not sure if I like him on top, but yeah, I'll, I'll go there. The three logical myths. I think it's interesting. Joe Sharp has uh, this horse, the three, and also the nine, Midnight T, 10 to one uh, is Midnight T, the nine horse, three, Logical Myth is eight to one. Uh, the interesting thing is the two jocks switch horses. Deshaun Parker was on Logical Myth. He's, he's yeah. now on T. Wait, can I jump in for a second? Yeah, sure. See, like to me, that is, uh, you know, I'm not trying to, Belittle what no, you're saying. I'm not saying it's like a- pointless. And and here here's why I think that might have happened. And I don't know, but I do know that midnight tea time ran like a couple days ago, and he's being sold in January. And I read about how the owner wants to just get one more start into him before they sell him, and this is like a good spot. So he's coming back on short rest. There is a good chance, I bet. And again, I don't know this that Pesquiza might have been like. All right, I'll uh, I'll ride logical myth for you, and then Sharp ends up throwing in midnight tea time after that was already decided, so he couldn't get off, and not that he would have, but you know right. that's why, like to me, it doesn't matter. But I, I hear your point, but I'm just making a counterpoint. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Sure, no problem. And who knows? I mean, the day 
you know, that uh, on the 27th, maybe Basquiska wasn't even there to, to That's ride. That's true too. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Um, but but I I I I just like the the the, the switch and jock because Basquiska has ridden this horse in the past. You know, at fairgrounds, the horse has done well at fairgrounds. And yeah, you know, the thing is, is it didn't run all that well, but it was four to one. Other horses beat him coming out of that same race. You know, may, you know, the fact that Sharp brings him back at the same type of level. But then again, you know, playing devil's advocate, it's like, where else is he going to run him? You know, it, there's only so many races for a horse to run. But I'm just, I'm just taking a, a wild ass guess that maybe, just maybe there was an issue. And, uh, you know, second uh, sharps, you know, 21%, which is slightly better than his normal uh, 18%. Uh, second off the layoff. This is the horse is second off the layoff. So uh, looking for a price, like you said, you know, because of the uh, scratches, all the prices are going to come down a few. So uh, I'll just uh, want a wing and a prayer. I'll take three logical myth as my top pick with your other two. Uh, uh, as well, the seven and the 12. All right. And yeah, looking at that, um, I said the, the, um, BF right Memorial, you have the one Monarchs Glen closed in that race. I thought he got a great setup. So I'm against him. You have the, uh, I thought there were a lot of horses out of that race. Now I can't find any. There were. Yeah. The, the one horse Monarchs Glen. Yep. Um, Where's the other ones? Oh, the three logical myth you mentioned. Yeah. He went, he the, went poopy, but maybe like you said, he might've just needed the race. So I'm not. Yeah. I would actually give him more of a shot than the others for the most I part mean, the, out of that race. Um, the, the, the six, the, the six the is won the race, right? Yeah. But yeah. Again, great setup, very good trip. So I'm against him again. They can win these horses, but I'll, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll happily play yeah. against those horses. The, the 11 pixelate comes out. And now, right yeah, now. we should mention the pixelate before we go on. Cause he's going to be the, well, he's the line favorite. He's probably going to be the favorite, but it's not definite, but most likely he will be. I thought he got a perfect trip in that race. Now you want to argue you could, that he was a little closer to the pace than some of the others. And that hurt him a little, uh, couldn't, uh, considering I thought it favored closers, but you know, to me, he got a perfect trip. I, I'm not going to be shocked to pick pixelate wins, but the, and the other thing when, when we're looking at that, if I say, hey, I don't love the horse cause he got a great setup and all, you know, if there's a reason why the horse is going to improve, then I'm okay with that. But you know, like Monarch's Glenn is already seven year old. He's had a lot of races in a row. He's, I don't see why he's going to improve. And same for the other ones. Another mystery. He's had a bunch of races. It's not like he's a young horse improving. And same with Pixelate. He's a very good horse, but I don't think he's going to improve off of that effort. I don't, you know, not that he's going to regress, but um, so I'm okay beating or trying to beat these horses. Um, now, I want to, I'm not going to talk a lot about betting on many races because there's not many I would bet vertically. This is one I would most likely bet vertically, depending on the odds and who's scratched. Um, and, and if the 12 is, in fact, the longest price, uh, I would key the 12. I would probably bet a, you know, substantial 12, seven exact. I'd box it though, because they're both, you know, a little bit of a price, assuming the seven's not like three to one or something. Uh, I do a little 12, five. That's the other horse I like a little. I didn't even speak about, um, but the 12, five, uh, box a little bit. So I key the 12 with the seven, with the five, definitely more at the seven um, in, in my bets here. And I'll just mention the five really quick, big dreaming. And if he scratched, I'll waste 30 seconds here. But basically there's a horse who's run pretty well. Um, his last race on the turf. I, I didn't love that two back on the turf, which is four races ago when he ran at Ellis park, I wrote, eh, I thought the race kind of favored speed a little bit. And I wasn't that impressed with him. Uh, then he goes a mile and a half on the dirt at Kentucky downs in that grade two. 
it was a mile and a half. He was probably overmatched against grade two. So I can toss that. Then he came back on the turf and he ran what I thought was his best turf race by far. Uh, and that was uh, an allowance race over at Keeneland. I thought it favored speed a little bit. He was bumped at the start. Uh, and it, there wasn't much pace to close into and he closed. So I don't love the five big dreaming, but he definitely has a chance. So I'm using five, seven, 12 in my pick fives. Uh, I'm going to try and beat the 11. The three is actually the next horse I throw in your horse series of price, but, um, that that's where I stand in this race. And I, I would probably bet exactness King, the 12 coming in first or second, mostly first. And I'm not a big win better, but the 12 is double digits. So I would definitely take a stab to win. Anything you want to add? Um, just adding a fact, not that I like any horse based on this or whatever, but, you know, I think the majority of horse players pay no attention to the weight that the horse is carrying because they're saying, oh, it's a thousand pound animal. What's a couple thousand? All right. Okay. So if you believe in that, yes. So why is it that after a horse wins a stakes race, they carry more weight than all the other competitors uh, in the race, which in this particular race, you know, uh, another mystery who won that last uh, stakes race, the, the right, comes back, has to carry 124 again. Everybody else carries six pounds less, including the horse that just lost by a neck. So is six pounds going a mile and a 16th worth a neck? You know, I don't know. obviously the, the odds maker thinks so because he's going to make picks like the favorite and, you know, another mystery who won the race just beating eight to one, probably because another mystery was 10 to one when he won, you know, so, yeah. but, but anyway, people who say weight doesn't matter, then why do they even do this then if it doesn't matter? Well, we will see. And that's a good point here. If you are a weight person, a bunch of horses are cutting six pounds and other mysteries adding six pounds, even uh, a different race. My seven cavalry charge, one of my horses who you said you liked a little too, is cutting six pounds from a different race. So again, I'm like, I, I really, maybe that's significant enough to look, but I, I don't really look at that. So um, you want to move on or anything else? Yeah, no, let's move on. I'm good. All right. Race 10. The untappable $100,000 stakes for two-year-old Philly is going a mile and 70 yards on the dirt. And I'm not that clever this race. Uh, my question to you or anyone out there would be how valuable or how much value do you put on experience? Because the horse who is a likely favorite here is the five cocktail moments. Uh, it is a McPeak horse with Brian Hernandez. The horse ran a 77 buyer, which is, um, I won't say by far, but the best in the field of anyone. It was his only race, her only race, sorry. She was back in a seven for a long race, and she closed very, very fast to get up and win that race. It was a maiden. Now she steps into a stakes race. Uh, a lot of these are coming off maiden wins, though, or several of them. So other horses have much more experience than her, two, three, four, five stars in some cases, and, or four stars maybe is the max. And they have experience going two turns, most of them. I don't know the answer to that question or if I have the right answer, but I do think she will be tough here in this spot. I'm usually trying to beat a favorite. If I love someone else, I would go with someone else, but I have downgrades on the one Fannie and Freddie's last race. I downgraded the three's last dirt race, a little love and luck. I downgraded implosions race two back and then last race into anything special. I who else did I downgrade? Uh, was that it? That's the only downgrades I have. The others I didn't upgrade, though. 
uh, except for the seven shotgun hottie. So the two horses I like are cocktail moments. If she improves at all, she should be good. McPeak usually doesn't even have them ready first time out. So the fact she won first time out says something. And usually they improve a lot second time. So I'm expecting that horse to improve off of that. It's her second start, so she has more room for improvement. But again, she's giving up experience and it is two turns. So for those of you who don't like that, I can see you want to beat her and she'll be a short price. And the other one is Shotgun Hottie, the seven for Tom Amos. Uh, Florent Giroux, I'll let you say his name in a moment. I should have asked you who the jockey on the seven is and set you up. I blew it. I'll do that in another race. <laughs> I upgraded the last race performance. The other thing is she's coming out and maybe you can help me on this. She's coming out of restricted maiden special weight. I know in New York, they have some races where for horses who were purchased for under 50,000 or 40,000, I don't know what the restrictions, since I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I don't really bet Churchill. I don't know what restriction there was on those races. So I don't know if she ran against as good of horses, but she was bumped and checked at the start last race. She got a two to three wide trip. Uh, and she was, what did I write? She was good finish. She finished very strong and was like going to pull away from everyone else. So she won hands down. I upgraded that performance. Um, again, I think the five might be too tough, but I'm willing to go five, seven. And again, if prices matter. If the five is, I don't think the five will be four to five, but the five is four to five. I have to reassess. I think I would try and beat her in that case, but uh, assuming the morning line is close or she's five to two, even like two to one ish. I'm okay going five and the seven um, for me. So that's pretty much, I can talk about others, but go ahead if, if you want and if you have any questions. No, nah, right or wrong, what I like to do in these type of situations is I'm looking at horses. Have, have any of these horses already beaten winners? And the, the, the two, California Angel is a two-time winner and the eight, North County is a two-time winner. That doesn't automatically mean they're better than the ones who've only won their maiden race because you really don't know who they beat unless you really dig deeper and deeper. And like you said, um, you answered my question on uh, the favorite, uh, the five cocktail moments. McPeak typically was kind of like an, uh, you know, a Bill Mott not known and, and Chug McGahee not known for winning first time. So uh, that was going to be my question. The fact that the horse went off 26 to one, uh, this was, performance surprised them or they you know everybody just knows that McPeak doesn't win first time so I uh I did a lot of reading apparently um but in the article <laughs> well you don't do a lot of teaching but yeah he said because Churchill or something was closed for thank you I got your little jab um there was a movie today I'll admit but anyway uh, uh -oh. he said because they had he had to train him oh wait that's a different horse he said something about the fact that he was big odds because he doesn't win first time out, but he wasn't sure. He thought the horse would run well, but he wasn't sure. But he said the price was probably because people see him and they ignore him first out. Because he says he usually looks at the first race as a almost like an exercise or training race to get him ready for the you know next start or third start. So um, I think a, a little bit of a surprise, but also the odds were inflated. So I don't know I, if I answered the question, but go ahead. Well, I, I have an answer to your restricted Question. Oh, good. I, look, I looked up the, the, the results to see you know, what the condition was for horses that sold or RNA'd for 45,000 or less at their most recent auction. Wow, that's that's Just quite a it. restriction. <laughs> they do that in New York. It was like 40 or 50. Oh. I forgot the number, but yeah. Oh, okay. Well, Shotgun Hottie sold for 45K, the seven horse, so just made it. Maybe they even designed the race to make sure 
she should get in. Tommy Amos has a lot of pull, I guess, at Churchill. Yeah, three so, yeah. times, right? Yeah. If all of them were 45, it was just for him, but or her. But um, anyway, um, go ahead. If there's anyone you want to talk about here. Uh... Uh, no, I, I kind of, you know, the horses that interest me are, you know, like I said, the, 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 the winners of, of other than maidens. Um, the fact that uh, the eight North County, nine to two, you know, not, not, a big price, obviously, but, uh, you know, one on the turf comes back, wants to run on the turf, gets a sloppy track and wins in the same fashion as he did on the turf, going two turns both times, uh, decent, uh, prices, uh, you know, the horse does have a better turf pedigree than dirt pedigree, but, uh, still, um, uh, the fact that they're like, Hey, uh, you know, let's get the Kentucky Oaks fever uh, with this horse and see 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 if she can do the same uh, on the dirt. So I I, I can't blame her there. So you know I kind of like that angle. Um, the fact that Shotgun Hottie won first time out with blinkers that negates her as a, a player in this race. You know, winning back to back second time blinkers my angle. Um, give give shotgun hottie a, a, a tougher time. Um, I just uh, I don't know, I'm I, I'm I, you know does you know the, the 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 you know old adage horses improve second time out. How much better can cocktail moments improve off of that race? I mean, you were saying a seventy-seven buyer. I mean, she got a ninety-six. Uh, Brisnet, which is easily the best by nearly 10 points. Um, the thing of the uh, though is, um, the pace there's a lot of horses that that strangely, um, don't have a whole lot of speed. So, who, who who's the potential uh front runner and who could possibly go uh, gate the wire? in here and i guess that would fall on possibly the three a little love and luck um kind of uh shows some some pace there or the four implosion probably implosion i i i'd go with that one more so than the three so i'm gonna go with an eight and a four here and try to beat um the favorite uh, coming out of the McPeaks barn. All right, and just real quick to mention, California Angel, who was in the Breeders' Cup, had that 14 post in the Breeders' Cup. Very tough post to win by and got off to a bad start. So uh, tries the dirt again. Had one dirt race. It was, uh, I guess, technically a first-level allowance, optional claiming. Uh, ran okay, had a slow start, and probably the race was too short. She was running six furlongs that day. So stretching out, there's no reason why she can't run well for George Leonard here. Nice story with him. Uh, so I'm not against him and, and if I'm, I'm probably just using the five and seven, I'm going to cut here, but if I went deeper, the two would be a horse possibly the six feeling happy. I would, uh, one, he was a little, she was a little ranked last time, uh, could improve was three wide, two back ran a pretty good race, two back. So if you can excuse the last for being ranked, but I don't love the six and then the eight is two for two, which I'm not huge on like win percentage of the horse. Cause it depends who they beat, like you alluded to, but I uh, definitely can improve also. So, and I didn't downgrade the last effort. So two, six, eight would be my others, but I'll, I'm basically five, seven here in the pick five, and I'm not going to bet this one. 
Vernick Lee. You ready for a race 11? Yes, I am. All right. Race 11, mile and 16th, the gun runner. So he's already got a race named after him. $100,000 for two-year-old Colts. Well, I guess anyone, but it's all Colts. Mile and 16th on the dirt. This race is the one that I'm least confident on in the whole sequence. Um, so this is a race where I'm going to kind of spread a little bit. And I don't feel good about it. Um, I mean, I guess the two favorites are the two horses to beat. That's the one epicenter, five to two, Asmussen and Hernandez. This horse uh, ran pretty well last time. Got an 80 buyer. I thought le- did it legitimately. Basically dueled a six to one shot. Who held third, so it's not like the race fell apart. Uh, apart. Um, and uh, what did I write? The, oh, oh, that was um, Surfer Dude. So Epicenter dueled Surfer Dude, who was a four horse in this race last time. And Surfer Dude faded to six, held on third, but six lengths back. So Epicenter really ran a, a good race putting away Surfer Dude, who then came back and won. Broke her maiden, so uh, his maiden. So Epicenter, very legitimate horse here. Um, Got to go the two turns if that's something that scares you. It doesn't scare me. I don't think there's much of a difference. Uh, you know, mile, mile, 16, one turn, two turns. I know people think there is, but it seems to be that all those stats about two turns, needing experience are kind of show that it doesn't really matter. I mean, distance might matter, not, not the turns or not. And then the three-horse rock and dog, similar to the horse I talked about last race, right? We were talking about cocktails and moments in the 10th race. Had the one race on the um, seven furlongs, broke his maiden, her maiden in that race, and uh, put up a big speed figure. Well, the three broke his maiden in his only start. Now is giving up experience to the others, but one by five uh, was three wide, well, had a decent setup, I thought, but still three wide. Now, unlike last race where that horse, um, Cocktail at the Moments, had a pink speed figure edge, in this one, Rocket Dog doesn't have the speed figure egg, edge, would have to improve here. It definitely can. The question is, is this horse going to improve a lot second out? I, I wouldn't doubt it, especially for Brad Cox. But do you want to swallow a short price on this horse? I, I don't know. This is a race I'm really not sure. But those two seem like the most logical. Most logical. There's one other price horse that I think has a decent shot here, but I'm going to throw it to you first, and then I'll go over uh, that other horse that I was thinking about. All right. Um, you're talking about at uh, Epicenter, who is trained by Steve Atchison, who had a horse in the first race of the sequence, but we didn't mention. I, it's amazing that he's 0 for 21 so far at wow. the, the meet. Yeah, I, I mean, just saw wow. that. Um, and, it, and it's... Uh, is it coincidence or no coincidence that in this sequence, uh, the female race was untappable, who was a uh, Steve Ashmussen trainee? No, yes, I think you're um, right, but yeah, ran yeah. there, yep. And then Gunner Runner, Definitely. he also trained, so it's the C- Steve Ashmussen double. Um, yeah, I, uh, I don't know, maybe it's uh, karma that uh, he's an O for. Uh, for for getting rid of us, Ricardo Santana throwing throwing him when when Ricardo couldn't win to save his life. Uh, mm-hmm. But no, uh, I digress. Um, I kind of I I'm kind of liking uh, the three Rocket Dog um, with Florogeru. Um John Daly will uh, John Daly, Daly. You can call him. Yeah, he he is the um, uh, track announcer and. That's the only reason for watching fairground races is to hear him say Florogeru. So uh, yeah, um, Brad Cox 
he actually is better uh, with horses going uh, first time uh, two turns. He's 29% over the last three years versus his meager 25% win percentage uh, at the meet and for the year. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't have much more to add beyond just saying I, I really like uh, uh, Rocket Dog. It, it, it'll be interesting. I know uh, the favorite, uh, the, the sixth, uh, Tahano Twist, will probably, coming off of those uh, sprints first time, going a route will uh, be winging it on the front end, but he'll, he'll definitely have no, you say no, no. Uh, you, you think surfer dude and uh, wait a minute, Hayes and uh, epicenter will uh, beat him to the punch. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think uh, I, I read another article, uh, Tiano twist. They <laughs> like the fact they learned how to ride him. They said they can't keep him too close. So yeah, he's stretching out, but I think they're still going to wait and make one run. Uh, but I'm glad you brought up the pace because I, I like surfer dude too. I think it's a good horse. Not only, you know, obviously Epicenter outran uh, him. They, they kind of dueled each other. Didn't embarrass himself, though, hung on for third. But then he came back and ran really well. And Dallas Stewart, we mentioned before, is a guy who gets them better and better and better, I think, especially as they go longer. So um, last race, Surfer Dude was dueling a five, or stalk. He didn't really duel, but he sat right on the hip of a five to two shot who came in eighth. And, you know, I like to look at that and see, you know, based oh, yeah. on the pace. So that was a race that, uh, to favor say favorite closes was definitely accurate and he ran great so has he improved enough to pass ebbing center he might have i'm not against him my question is the distance but again dallas stewart a curling horse you know looking at his running it looks like he might struggle distance wise but breathing wise and everything uh, he, and trainer wise he should get the distance and the, and the thing is are they going to go at it the one in the i don't know if it was new york they wouldn't but maybe Raylan gutierrez is aggressive maybe hernandez is aggressive and, and they go at it I don't know, but I'm not against surfer dude at all either. And I, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Were you saying anything else? Because no. I want to talk about one of the horse before we go. No, no, no. Um, uh, surfer dude's going to come up. His name's going to come up in the last race because there's a maiden who lost the surfer, surfer dude. So depending on how surfer dude uh, does um, in this particular race, might uh, uh, you, you may like uh, the horse I've don't know his name off, but we'll get to it. But no, that's the, all I have to say. All right, the, the horse with a price, um, I guess surfer do five to one morning line is a little bit of a price, but the other horse I like a little bit is the five horse, Kevin's Folly for Jimmy Graham and Tom Amos. So I guess I'm on the Tom Amos train a lot here. Could be worse, uh, you know, than a 33% trainer, I guess. Uh, but this horse last race was kind of just an even race. I didn't upgrade, I didn't downgrade, but before that, he was in a couple of grade ones. He came in third to Gunite, who was a very good horse, especially at the time. Uh, I don't know what happened to Breeders' Cup Futurity. Uh, I don't even know if I watched the replay. That was a race that collapsed. He was never involved. I, I, I don't know. I mean, he was back. He should have been able to close. He didn't, but it was a grade one. I, I'm willing to forgive that. Came back in a optional uh, first level optional claim of first level allowance ran third he was not gaining on the winner actually what did i write no gain losing ground to horse late so i don't love that but i think the race could sit up for him if they do go at it so i'm not again i don't love kevin's folly but i'm not against him and if you're someone out there who thinks there's going to be a hot pace here uh, he's a horse to think about and the reason i don't love tahana twist is i just think he's got great setups and listen he might get one again but he saved ground with great setups to close into sprinting, stretching out. I question the distance a little. Um, maybe he gets a good setup again, but you relying on 
the other horses dueling to help him out. The speed figures are fast. I hope he takes a lot of money. It, I wouldn't be shocked if he wins, but I'm happy playing against the six tail and a twist, and I hope he's the favorite. And I think he might be based on his figures and, and the fact that people are going to see, you know, potential speed duel. So uh, I'm mostly, uh, I mean, some combination one, three, four, five, that's just very chalky, but I'm probably going to spread here just to survive this race, which I know is a dirty word, but uh, I, I just, with the carryover, I don't want to get knocked out in this race because I don't really have a strong opinion. All right. You want to go to race 12 or? Yes, sir. Let's move All on. right. And that's not a race I would bet vertically either. Cause I'm not very confident. And um, even though I want to beat, this uh, six horse town of twists. I don't know who to beat with and it's not really big prices anyway. So that's not a one I'm going to bet vertically. Race 12 though is one that I would probably bet vertically. Uh, this is a maiden special weight, six furlongs on the dirt. And in this race, there are two horses that I like. I'm probably going to only go too deep. My problem with the sequence is I really didn't find a single. I'm praying that in the races that I'm going too deep, that someone scratches. I really do. One of the two I have scratches because then that'll make a single and a really really make it uh, easier for me to play this ticket without investing as much. And I can have it for, you know, a couple of dollars maybe. So in this race, who do I like? Well, guess what? Shocker. I'm on the Tom Amos horse. train. <laughs> I, I, now he's not like my quote top pick every race, but this is a third race in a row where I'm definitely using him. So if he has a big day, I should be okay. Uh, Tis of the, and this is a horse who's going to be a better price than my other horse. So this is because his speed figure was much lower in his first race. So this is the one I would key on more because I think you'll get at least five to one unless they just pound Tom Amos at his home track there, which is possible. Um, this was in his first start three wide and uh, he was right up on a pace, basically dueling uh, two to one shot who came in third and an eight to one shot who came in. I can't read what I wrote. Oh boy. Did he come in second? The uh, eight to one shot. So maybe the speed held and he quit. Is that possible? I got to check that again. Maybe I'll watch a replay when you're talking. Cause I can't read my handwriting, but, uh, but they need, Oh, I have no idea, but they held. Oh, so the speed did hold, but it was a big speed duel. So for a first time out, he got a big speed. Now they didn't collapse the other speed. So that's something to note. Sorry. It took me three minutes to figure out what I wrote. Um, but it was also a first start. This is a second start. I'm not a big workout guy without seeing the reports. But if you are a workout person, he's got a you know very fast bullet workout, if that matters for you. Uh, I just think this horse, I, I upgraded the last performance because he was three wide and he was dueling um, on a you know fairly sharp pace. To me, that's an upgrade. It's a second start. These are the races that I, I feel you can get a lot of value because people see the speed figures of the first time of the horse who ran first out and they bet those. And if you got a lower speed figure first out, People don't bet as much, and these horses can improve a lot. So I not only upgraded his 57 buyer, but I, I think he's going to step forward a lot. The other horse who, I mean, the six and seven are the two favorites. Six is actually favored on the morning line, uh, and the seven is technically seven, second choice. I am against the six, not that he can't win, but I'm against the six, and I am on the seven. Gilded ruler. I just thought the six got an easy lead, and he coughed it off. Yeah, it was his first start. He can definitely improve off of that, no question but I'd rather not have to take a short price on a horse that I downgraded his last effort. So could he win? Yes. Not with my money. There's a second time in a row. I'm taking a, a stand against a fairly short favorite. Um, maybe the seven though gilded ruler for Brad Cox will be, um, you know, better price than the six, but both of them will be short. I guess I think the seven is going to be the favorite, but um, I'm having trouble reading. Who's the uh, jockey on the seven gilded ruler. Roger. You're welcome. Uh, um, <laughs> But this like, was, I didn't, like up, 
<laughs> I didn't upgrade or downgrade the seven gilded ruler last race. I thought he just ran kind of an even race. I didn't think the race favorite closers. I didn't think his favorite speed, but it was his first race. And now he's going to step forward a second race. So uh, he should improve off of that uh, for Brad Cox and a trainer who, uh, you know, has service like numbers. So can't go wrong. So I'm four, seven here. I'm not betting anything else. Uh, I, a lot of his guessing, like the five Charlemagne, the first time starter. I mean, he looked decent with the workouts. Um, Stidham is having an awesome start to the meet. He's pretty good with first time starter. So that's a horse maybe, but I, I'm, I don't want to just throw away money on guesses. So I'm literally just four, seven. I, in my pick five here, I do want to talk about vertical betting at the end. So I'll do that, but I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, I just think it's interesting that uh, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, five horses in here coming off of their first start or first two starts in Kentucky where they can't run on LASIK. So they show up at uh, Louisiana and boom, let's put LASIK on them, which the seven gilded roller uh, trainer Brad Cox is 33%. First Lasix. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, okay. Does that, so, does that uh, lower his overall win percentage? Then? <laughs> yeah, I, I believe it is. Yeah. So, um, but uh, yeah, I, I was kind of liking him. And the weird thing about Gilded Ruler is, you know, he, he's uh, the, the dam is uh, sire is more than ready, which I love. It's documented. I love, you know, betting more than ready is on the turf. The horse, you know, is bred to go on the turf. And the owner is Judmont, who they typically love putting horses on turf. So obviously this guy probably didn't show much, uh, but, you know, Cox had him at turf, uh, Turfway Park uh, um, working out, but it didn't work out. So I guess, you know, so that that's kind of a question. It's like, you know, you got a turf horse that you're going to continue to put on the dirt, sprinting on top of it. So I'm kind of wishy-washy on uh, the seven, even though I kind of like like the breeding. Um, I'm going to – jeez, I don't know what, what I'm doing, tell you the truth. Um, all these first-time Lasix horses, they're, they're, they're going to improve. I You know, I, I was ready to talk about – the eight horse in inexorable um, 10 to one uh, morning line. First time Lasix coming off of a decent effort uh, at 34 to one. I, I hate backing horses that, that showed much more than what their odds were because it kind of tells me something about maybe the field just wasn't that strong. Um, I'm talking and I'm not give, giving any information. So I'm going to go with this, the, the five horse, uh, Charlemagne. Is that what, what it would be? Charlemagne? Yes, you're not a historian, but yeah, Charlemagne. Yes. Uh, the emperor of the Holy Roman Empire. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, I wasn't. I'll get you a book. Big, yeah, I wasn't big on ancient history. Uh, oh, like 500 <laughs> years ago, but 600 years ago, but that's all right. Is that ancient? I don't know. Um, don't see too many Arrogate uh, horses, do you? I, you know, I think I, I do, know. but I don't know for <laughs> sure. <laughs> I've seen. I, I haven't counted. I mean. 
we haven't yet on this card. Okay, so. should, should I go for one more fact that you want to shoot me down? Go, go ahead. What else you got for me? Throw in another meaningless stat about uh, Lasix or something like that so I can shoot that down. Uh, a quick while I'm behind. Yeah, let, let's put it this way. I'll mention the fact that in um, my preferred uh, past performances rag, where is that? They have the two horse, uh, Baltic Fleet, as blinkers off. But yet in his last race, they show that he didn't run with blinkers. <laughs> so what is it? What does what does the can what does the Bible, the DRF, uh, say about uh, Baltic Fleet? Is it blinkers uh, no, off? No, no blinkers last time, and there's no notes here, so I assume uh, okay. it's the same same thing. No blinkers. All right. So. I'll go with the Stidham. Stidham does, usually does uh, pretty well, which he is already at 25% at uh, Fairground. So I figure right, he's he's come locked and loaded. Uh, uh, this is going to be one of his stars in his barn. Yeah, and, and for me, the um, exact would be 4-7. Okay. Um, I, I would probably box it unless – I mean, I'm, I'm assuming the morning line is fairly accurate. If the four is like eight to one and the seven is like five to two, then, you know, I'd still box it, I guess, but I, I'd lean on the four a lot more if the exacta price, I mean, the wind doesn't affect the exacta, but if the exacta is a lot more four seven, then mm -hmm. uh, I'll bet a lot more four seven. Um, and then I, I would probably bet triples and even supers trying to fade the six. Again, I'm not, I'm not like hating on the six, but um, for a short price horse where I downgraded, I, I would bet against. And I'd throw in like three or four others with the four and seven. So I'd do mm -hmm. something like um like for triple four seven with four seven with and then add three horses I like, not the six, and then or maybe four horses, and then do like four seven with those three or four other horses with four seven and third. Basically, I would need the four and seven to come in uh the top three. So I need four and seven, and then I need one of the other horses to come in. And I'd have it where the four and seven, the better they run. I mean, if they come in first and second, I'm gonna have it a lot more than if they come in like second and third. Because I think one of them or both of them, uh, you know, will win or come in second. So that's kind of how I would do it. And the super is the same way. Um, and and you know, I'll just try and beat the uh, the six. And unfortunately, I don't know the odds and the other horses. There's no other really short price horses on the morning line. But that's how I would kind of play this race if the morning line is accurate. All right, so let's go to the thirteenth because I do want to touch on Santa Anita for a short time at the end. Fairgrounds race thirteen, a mile and the sixteenth on the dirt. This one is a maiden special weight for the Phillies who are two years old. And in this race, I'm likely going to be four deep in my pick five here. Um, there's two horses I would lean to the most, assuming the morning line is correct. And those two are on the outside. And that's the eight, Art Heist, and the nine, Mask Patrol. Uh, I'll talk very quickly about Art Heist. Another one of these first-time starters, or, or I'm sorry, second-time starters who put up a big number first out. Usually I've been against these horses. But in this case... Uh, you're not taking like a, a, a really short price on him on yeah him. And if he is, I would not bet him if he's like even money, but it's seven to two or close. I, 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 you know, definitely okay with it. He had three wide trip last race. So he covered a lot of ground. That was sloppy. And maybe that helped. He didn't get as much kickback of mud, but um, I thought you went well again. And Dallas Stewart is someone who I would upgrade second out, um, you know, for him to have a first time start run that well. And he's had a lot of two-year-olds they're saying who are running really well. So maybe we'll, Hear from Dallas Stewart in the uh, you know around Derby Oaks time next year. Not saying this horse particularly, although maybe I don't know, but um, you know perhaps we'll hear from him. So uh, I thought this horse covered a lot of ground, ran well, Art Heist, and I think with Dallas Stewart, I'm confident the horse will you know improve or you know run well again. 
And the horse that will be a much better price, I think, even though the morning line is close, is the nine horse Mass Patrol. So if the morning line's right, I, I couldn't decide who I would pick because I think the eight's a little better than the nine, but a little bit. But if the nine's going to be a much better price, I'm okay. Leaning more on the nine and verticals, if I bet it. Uh, unfortunately, for pick five purposes, I'm just going to have to guess who I think is, you know, the odds are. But Mass Patrol's first race, I thought was pretty good. He got a 67 buyer. And um, for a first out effort, I didn't upgrade. I didn't downgrade. The horse, the race did not favor closers or speed, in my opinion. I don't think he had a crazy wide trip or anything, even though it looks like it on the uh, on the chart. It really wasn't. It was just an average run-of-the-mill trip. So I thought that was fine for a first out. And then second time out, he had a really, really bad start. Um, he had a decent setup, as I thought um, that epicenter race. You talked about that before, the epicenter surfer dude. He's coming out of that race where those two dueled uh, and held first and third. But I thought that duel really helped set it up. But I think Maskechaw had such a bad start that I'm willing to forget it. And you're talking about a horse who he ran against who were the favorites in the stakes race. So, um, you know, he definitely ran against some good ones there. Well, not definitely, but probably. So I I'm willing to forgive that race because of the start. And if he can build on that first race, uh, I think you're going to get a little bit of a price on him unless Epicenter or Surfer do come back and run like monster races and people see that. and Oh, look, he ran against Epicenter. So um, I kind of hope they don't run monster races at all. But again, if it were betting to pick five, you're already locked in, so that won't affect it. So those are the two I would lean to. The other two, should I mention or should I throw to you? No, you can mention them. All right, so the other two that I'm going to use almost definitely, uh, well, one definitely is the three horse, and that's Jeeper for Keith DeSormo and James Graham. I have a lot of James Graham, a lot of Tom Amos. Yeah, 32 to one. First, what's that? James Graham. Thank you, uh, Mr. Dooley. So uh, he... Uh, you won't like him because he was 32 to one first out. But I talked about this week with our last week with our guest, uh, Tom and Tom, you know, sometimes they're 32 to one because they're cold on the board, but sometimes they're 32 to one for other reasons. And perhaps one of the reasons was, it was a tough race. I don't know. Rocket dog is, uh, we talked about him earlier, uh, or her earlier or no him. He's, uh, one of the favorites in uh, the stakes race. So maybe it was just a tough race and he got overlooked here. It was an 11 horse field, but anyway, I thought the horse ran. Okay. Uh, was mostly too wide. It says four to five wide, but mostly too wide, some three wide. So it wasn't as wide as it looks, but he was a first time starter. And I love betting second time starters who are a price because they can improve a lot. And I think this one will definitely improve. Well, not definite, but I think he will improve. And it's not going to take a ton of improvement to win this. And I don't think distance will be a question with Ghost Zapper in the bloodlines there. So especially eight to one, I'm, I'm with that horse. And uh, it's tough because I hate to add a favorite who I'm not in love with, but the six cyber knife is going to be tough. I, I really have to think about the ticket though. That would be my fourth horse. If I add, um, if I feel I have enough prices and because there is a carryover, a huge carryover, I, I probably don't want to lose to this horse. The first race was very good. Got a 79 buyer, uh, broke in a slightly slow start. And he was a first time starter. I, I thought that race was very nice. I thought he down, uh, regressed a little last race. It was two to five. Doesn't really, I mean, he came in second. It's not like he ran bad. His buyer figure went down by five. I'm curious if his Brisnet figure went down too, um, but he, he just didn't improve. Now, it's a stretch out. Maybe the stretch out will help him. I have no idea. He's going to have speed, so he'll be either on the lead or very close to make his own trip. He definitely can win. Most likely, if it was not a carryover, I would try and beat. Because it's a carryover, I'm already leaving out a few three-to-one shots or you know favorites or co-favorites in the race before. I'm probably okay adding him here. So it's not like the perfect ticket, but I'm most likely going to use three, six, eight, nine here. And I wouldn't be against a seven. I won't talk long about that. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily be against the seven because I thought his last race kind of favored um, 
uh, speed horses, and he had a close into that. So I, I thought that was not a bad closing effort, but I'm not in love with the seven. But if it's not an, you know expensive, I can add him too. All right, GQ, let you finish off before we touch on Santa Anita. Oh, you, you mentioned the horses that I uh, Sorry. like. Yeah, no, that's okay. It makes it quick. You can get to Santa Anita. I mean, mask patrol for the reasons that you had mentioned and I had mentioned back when we were talking about Surfer Dude, you know, ran behind Surfer Dude. And it was weird. You know, mask patrol was probably the second choice at five to two in, in that race. Um, so uh, I, I like uh, backing horses that were um, – short odds last time and they come right back and probably uh you know redeem themselves uh what you failed to mention about uh, the six horse cyber night it and the thing i would love to, to know statistics whoever's got uh formulate or whatever wondering if you can find out these statistics on horses who got disqualified from winning their maiden race when they come back, I rarely ever see that they come back and repeat that effort and win. You know, oh, no. uh, you know, this you know went off. I should said two to five, didn't get it done. You know, um, but uh, was six and a quarter better than the third place horse. So it wasn't like uh, you know it was an aberration uh, the first time out. I the horse should probably go off as the favorite i mean the horses uh read the run all day gets lasix you know cox and florent Giroux. uh how many races is this guy going to win uh on the card you know he's uh, i hope not too many because i don't think i have time. maybe i do <laughs> uh, not, unless he starts riding for tom amos <laughs> yeah well he's uh he's not in that first uh race of the uh the sequence and he was on shotgun hottie for Tom Amos in race 10. I'm using him. So maybe I am. Oh, using okay. him. He's on rocket dog in race 11, who I think I'm using for Cox. So I am using him there. And then he's on, Oh, I lied. And then he's on gilded ruler in race 12, the seven horse. So I said, uh, for Brad Cox, I'm using. So yes, I am using him in every race that he's in, except maybe this one, but, um, most likely I'll have all four of, uh, Giroux, which isn't good. Cause it's probably a short price. I was true. So we'll see. And, and the other horse I was going to just talk to, briefly talk about was the three jeeper you know uh, again rocket dog won that race the horse that ran second uh that was also a first timer back then he can't he returned to, to break his maiden so then you know jeeper is looking pretty good even though the, the nobody uh thought much of him or again you know keith the sormo is he another one of these guys that you know just don't crank him up first time that I don't know, but I will say one thing that's never really come up on the show, I don't think. When they start them for the first time, seven furlongs. Most of them, two-year-olds are starting five, five and a half, maybe yeah. six. First you time. know, they, they, they have no speed and they need distance. Right. So the, the distance question with him, they clearly, like you said, wanted more distance for him. So where some of the others might have a question distance, not that he doesn't jeeper, but I would be less likely to question that. Now you want to question if he's going to come from way back and it's going to be too far back to make up ground. You see how the track's playing maybe by race nine when you put the stick in, but um, yeah, just wanted to mention that. Sorry. No. So yeah, I, in, in this particular race, I would just go nine, three. All right. And since we're just over an hour into the show, we're, we're going to go real quick into Santa Anita. Um, I, told GQ I would just run through it. So I don't even know if he has the PPs. If he wants to jump in at all, he's more than welcome. But uh, there's going to be like speed, 
discussion here. Um, the Santa Anita opening day, late pick five starts with race seven. Uh, I like this race a lot. And uh, I like it a lot because I don't love the uh, the favorite or like the favorite beyond brilliant. The eight horse, he is the favorite five to two. I just feel he had an easy lead last time uh, and has some really good setups. So I'm going to take a step against that horse. I'm using three and only three of them in this race. That's the two Tarantino coming off a um, race where they brought him back on the dirt uh, turf. You might remember he ran. Um, I think you actually used him or said you liked him in uh, the Florida Derby or something. The Holy Ball, one of those fountain of youth. Uh, and he didn't embarrass himself actually at a big price, but yeah, it was uh, his yeah. first time running on dirt, right? Yeah, I think it was. Um, it must have been the Holy Bowl where he came in. I think it's his third, maybe even second. I can't see it. Uh, oh, second at the twenty-six to one. So good job if you right. did pick him, but I think he did. Um, they, they were biting off a little more than they can chew, just trying to rush him to the Derby. I assume. Anyway, yada yada yada. He gets a lot of time off. He comes back and he ran a very good turf race. He had um. Uh, a slow start. He turned his head right when they opened the gates, got off about a length and a half slow. Uh, there wasn't much movement. Like in the stretch, he was like the only one really moving. He was off a layoff. So yeah, it's a classic, but I, I don't think this is the most impossible field for a grade two. Um, I, I don't know what the trainer and owner switch uh, mean. The Ed Moger, if that's how you pronounce it, I don't even know. I mean, I've heard yeah. of him, but I don't really know. I, I don't know what that means. No more Rudy Brissett, but um, uh, he's a horse I like. The seven horse du jour would be the shorter price horse I like of the two shorter price horses uh, running for the serial killer with uh, Flavian Pratt aboard. And yeah, his last race kind of sucked, but it was yielding and it was in Kentucky Downs. So I'm willing to forgive that. And his race two back was very good. The race at Saratoga impressed me. Uh, I had State of Rest actually singled a 21 to one or something like that. That race won. So I'll throw in a humble brag there. Uh, and I was against du jour. But that race really, I thought, favored closers. I thought DeJour ran very well um, because even though he was getting a perfect trip, he lost momentum trying to go through a hole there at the top of the stretch. Then he got cut off again later. I mean, he had a chance to win that race. So that was a really good race. So I don't know what happened in Kentucky. So if you want to say, hey, he ran so bad last time, he's going to be a short price, toss him. I totally am with you with that. I understand. But I'm willing. I, I thought that two back was so good. Uh, or not so good, but really good uh, against better horses that I'm willing to forgive that. And then the nine, but everyone's picking the nine law professor. So I don't think we'll get eight to one on the nine. Mike McCarthy uh, came off a layoff last time and just ran a, a really solid race. Uh, yeah, he got a good setup. I thought it favored horses coming off the pace a little bit, but he was three to four wide the whole way. So he covered a lot more ground despite the good setup. Uh, second off the layoff, Mike McCarthy, very good. So I'm two, seven, nine there in that first race race or first leg race seven GQ, should i just run through you uh you gonna chime in yeah i i have no opinion but but uh, your mention of tarantino reminded me um that uh we had that holy bull race i think was in a sequence we did because i won't repeat it but i did my horrible quentin tarantino impersonation so thank you and now that, that that's all i have to add for this entire sequence are you excellent all right i'm gonna good, run through good. Speed handicapping at its finest. All right. Race eight is the La Brea grade one. I'm not going to try and beat Private Mission. There's one reason I don't like the sequence. But to me, there's two horses that can win this race. Private Mission, the four. Um, this is a horse who um, was running against better, um, put up big figures, was improving, and then set that crazy fraction in the Breeders' Cup. Distaff had no ch chance. The only thing I can say is perhaps, even though it's been a month and a half, Maybe that did something to the horse, but the horse is, you know, by the serial killer who gets him ready. So probably going to uh, win this race. And the only horse that I see with a chance really 
is Mrs. P or Missy P, the five horse, a long layoff from Mandela is usually not a layoff guy, but you know, this is a grade two, a grade one, and there's not too many chances to win a grade one uh, with a three-year-old filly. So he got her back seven furlong workout in 125. You don't see seven furlong workouts and ran very well first out, uh, ran okay second out. And remember those figures were back early in her three-year-old year. So if she's improved at all from that race and she's ready, she has a big shot here. So if you're trying to be a private mission, Missy P, but those are the two favorites. So I don't have much. I don't like Calypso. Listen, I know it's Baffert, the serial killer can win. But um, this is a horse I downgraded all his efforts, uh, her efforts, because she had easy leads or good setup. So uh, I'm against Calypso. I hope she takes some money. Uh, so it's four, four, five. It's chalk in that race. I would just pick one of them and single them probably, unless you have prices elsewhere and you want to use both to be safe. Race nine, uh, the downhill course, uh, first level allowance. I'm going three deep, most likely here. Uh, ultimate high in the three horse. There's a horse who um, ran a little bit wide last time, was too wide the first turn, then was like started too wide, ended four wide on the turn. Um, I have so much written that I can't read it. I uh, was not really gaining on the winner at the end. So it wasn't like Ultimate High was going to win the race, but the second horse was not gaining on her. So she was clear second in that race. A little bit of a wide trip. She's had a few chances at the level, but I basically upgraded or, or at least I thought all three of her last races on the turf at this level have been very solid and, and if anything, upgraded them. So this horse moves forward a little bit, has a good chance here. That's ultimate high. Uh, the other horse I would use would be the seven, uh, Inner Beauty. Uh, there's a horse, uh, Jeff Mullins, Jose Ortiz. Two back, I downgraded her effort. Last race, she got off to a slow start, uh, half a length to a length. She checked several times early. And it wasn't awful, but when you add up the several checks, the one length or half a length slow start, it kind of adds up to excuses. And I think third start, she should improve a lot. If that's good enough to win, I don't know. But I'm so thin in the sequence, I'm okay adding her to a little bit of a price. And the horse I like the most is actually the five, the less good girl, if that's how you pronounce it. And she's 10 to one in the morning line. I really liked her race. Now, I don't know what she ran against at Red Car, which I don't think I ever heard of in the England or Great Britain, wherever it is, I assume England. And she, that race that she ran in England at Red Car, a 17 to one shot wired the field and had it really easy that race on ahead. And this one, Gleska Girl, was like the only one closing. She was gaining weight. She was like going by at the wire. So again, I don't know what she ran against. So maybe she ran against crap, but she was coming out of a grade three, a group three, and she was seven to one in the race. It was a stakes race. So I think she ran against somewhat decent horses. Uh, and I really like that effort. And then last time was just in too tough. I mean, it was a grade two gold Kova. She was running against much better horses, older horses. Um, well, this is an older horse race. She's a three-year-old, but it was her first time. Actually, that's not true. She ran older in uh, Europe. So I, I lied. But Princess Grace, Going Global. I mean, these are like, you know, big time stakes horses that she ran against much better than these. And she set a pace. It wasn't like a crazy pace or anything, but, you know, she did run. Uh, she was stalking or stalked Princess Grace, who ended up third. So I just think this is a class relief and I really liked her two back. So I'm okay. Ignoring, I talked about it a week or two ago where you have a horse who you love the race she ran or he ran. And then the next race looks really bad on paper, but there's an excuse like, because they, not because they got trouble that everyone can see, but they just ran against better horses and they kind of, you know, coughed it in, packed it in, whatever. So to me, that's where if you eliminate last race, I really like the five and there's a race I'm definitely going to bet. So I'm uh three, five, seven, but definitely will have a lot of money through the five there and have extra pick fives with the five. Uh, the 10th race, flight line, I'm not trying to beat. Again, I'm chalky here. I don't have to talk about flight line. I like Dr. Scheibel as a horse. I, I just, flight line might be a freak. 
their reasons, you know, lightly raced all that, you know, a lot of time off for flight line, maybe, you know, I don't think anything's wrong, but maybe, you know, it's a little fragile. I have no idea. So you want no Lasix. If you're a Lasix guy, maybe you're like, Oh, not going to run well at Lasix, but I, I just, I, I can't try and beat flight line here. It's just a, a waste of money to me. Not that she can't, uh, he can't lose, but I, this is why I don't like the sequence. Cause I don't really want to single him, but I don't want anyone else. Again, Dr. Shad was fine. Ran well in the breeders cup ran well before that. I know some people are going to say two back was aided by the speed bias, but you know, ran well last time. So I'm not against Dr. Scheibel per se, but again, we might have a freak here. Triple tap. I downgraded her, um, his last effort. I thought he got a really, really good setup, but third start could be improving. So triple tap. The problem with triple tap is that 97 buyer he got last time to me, it was more like a you know high eighties buyer because I downgraded a lot for the setup. So now I'm taking a short price and the horse who's got to increase you know, improve a lot, but the horse can improve a lot. And I don't want to short price in the horse that can improve a lot. If that makes any sense. I'd almost rather the horse didn't get a great setup and got like an 85 buyer finishing, uh, you know, whatever. And then I might like the horse, believe it or not. So um, for me, it's like line. baby Yoda. I think that number, I can look silly maybe. Um, but I think that number, that 114 speed figure she got buyer is just insanely inaccurate or freaked or something. Uh, I've made a lot of money betting against baby Yoda. Because I loved, as you know, following C, who came back to beat her. Didn't get a huge price on following C, but singled in everything. So uh, I think I made a decent amount with uh, following C that day. And then, listen, last race, Baby Yoda has excuses. Got off to a slow start. I don't know. Had, had some trouble in the stretch, but it really wasn't that much. By then, she was already, uh, he was already beaten. So I'm, I'm not, I don't even, I'm not even giving Baby Yoda a thought. If you like her, him, though, you're going to get a price. Don't let me talk you off of the horse. So to me, it's the, the five there. Race 11, the American Oaks, a mile and a quarter on the turf to close out the sequence. And in this race, again, it looks a little chalky to some extent, but there is one or two price orders I like. And the one that I like the most, I think, I didn't think I would, but that's a seven, Burgu Alley for Phil D'Amato, six to one morning line. There's really not, I don't want to say not much. There's like no speed in this race. And I'm not one, you know me, GQ, and the listeners probably know, listen on a regular basis. I don't really try and predict pace too much because when I do that, I end up betting a horse. I don't really think is that great, but only speed. It looks like on pair. And then the horse just sucks. I'm like, I knew the horse sucked and I bet anyway, because I thought low speed, but this horse doesn't suck. There's a horse I like, but I think the pace only helps. Um, I, I didn't upgrade or downgrade her last effort at all. Uh, I thought she ran fine. Um, it was an even race. No favor, didn't favor closers or speed, just ran fine but is slowly getting better and should have a pace advantage. So if she takes one more step forward, she has a pace advantage. I, I think that this horse has a, a good shot here uh, to beat one of the favorites. Now, Golden Global is a nice horse. This is a horse I was against. We covered Santa Anita. Maybe it was Del Mar and I was against the horse. I think she won two back. So yeah, the horse could win, but uh, I, I don't love Golden Global. Global. She's coming out of that race. Remember I mentioned the horse I like last race or two races back. That European horse, Glengar Girl, whatever it was in race nine. Yeah. Well, Glengar Girl, I liked her. One of the reasons I excused the last race she ran was because she went against Golden Gold, Gold, was like a hundred mile horse, and Princess Grace was a good horse. So, um, Golden Gold was good, can win. I, I just, you know, I'd rather take a chance with the seven and a price. Fluffy Socks is a nice horse, too. I have nothing against Fluffy Socks. And Nicest had significant problems. It doesn't say it last time, but the four horse Nicest literally just stayed in the gate for about two lengths and got off to a two length slow start. It doesn't say anything in the PP. So you're getting an up, you know, getting a, a little bonus there. 
Whether the horse is good enough, I don't know, but that's definitely a horse I'm going to use, especially at price. So I'm definitely using the four and seven. And again, it might be chalking out with the one or the uh, nine. Well, I'm sorry, the one or the five. Those are the two favorites, Bone Global, the five and Fluffy Socks. I'm not really against those horses. So I'm not sure what I'm doing here, but I'm definitely want to use the seven, Burgo Alley, and a little bit the four nicest in this sequence. Um, but again, those those chalks that I kind of like, um, I just hurt me in this sequence, but I'm not spreading much. I'll probably have like a four or $5 pick five. So if I hit it, I'll, uh, you know, get it a few times. GQ, I know you didn't look at it. Any so, final thoughts about anything I said or just in general before we wrap it up? Yeah, so, so just in, in summary, so you're not going to try to beat flight line. I am not going to try and beat flight line. Okay. I'm and, just going to single flight line. And you're hoping that one of your two horses in the eighth race is a scratch. So you can single that uh, I gotta look mission, at E3s. Private, yeah, mission. I guess, but uh, nah, you know what? Because if one of them scratches, the other one's gonna be such a short price, then I'm gonna have two singles that are such short <laughs> prices. So I don't know. I'm again, this is why I really wanted to cover fairgrounds because I just like that sequence better. Listen, if you can beat, if you think you can beat Flightline or you can beat uh, Private Mission or even Missy P, but um, you're, you're gonna get paid a little bit, so you shouldn't like right. the sequence. I just, I'm not against Private Mission, I'm not against um. I'm not against flight lines. So it's tough when I'm taking two short prices uh, to get paid a lot here. I do like, you know, I am against most of the other favorites. So that's good. And I do like a 10 to one significantly in race nine. And I like an eight to one a lot in the last race. Like I might, I'm even thinking about singling those two horses. I don't think I'll do this, but I could single Burgu Alley in the last eight to one. I could single that Glengar or Gleska girl in, um, in race nine at 10 to one. And then I can use a little extra chalk in those other races and hopefully get lucky. You know, if I use like a second or third horse with flight line, a second or third horse with um with um what's the Bafford in race eight, whatever the four horse in race eight is private, private mission. mission. You know, maybe if I single those other ways, I can bet, you know, like a ten dollar ticket for 50 cents and actually spread in those races. So and um maybe get really lucky. So it's possible I do that and take a stab because I don't like the sequence. It's probably more than possible I do that. But I actually like this more to bet individual races. I want to bet that Gleska girl individually and not as much, but a little bit Burgo Alley. Burgo Alley, not as much because I do like the favorites in that race. So I think it's going to be tough, but I think she has a big shot. Um, Gleska girl, I don't care for the favorites that much. So I'm really, that's like the race I'm looking forward to betting the most, um, especially if Gleska girl is 10 to 1. In fact, even if I might not even bet this pick five, but if I'm not sleeping or uh, intoxicated by 6 o'clock uh, p.m. on Saturday, <laughs> I will uh, remember and please text me or message me and remind me to bet Gleska girl. All right. I might be uh, too intoxicated uh, Saturday night. Remember, I'm, I'm probably oh, it's Sunday. I'm sorry, Sunday, Sunday. Oh, Sunday. Uh, okay. I'm so used to saying Saturday, but yeah, you're right. My bad. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, be, uh, I'll be okay on Sunday. So. Excellent. So remind me. Right. Any final thoughts? Final thoughts? Um Merry Christmas to all those who celebrate. Uh, everybody else, just enjoy the extended uh, weekend and um, hopefully finish off uh, your 2021 with a big uh, IRS uh, ticket. Uh, and hopefully you'll be able to offset it with all your losers <laughs> from the preceding 50 weeks of the year. There you go. I got I got to turn my December around. I didn't look at the numbers, but um, since August first, basically, since August first, I was doing really well. I was very, you know, very happy with my betting. It was paying for my uh, living arrangements. But November wasn't 
was bad. And then I hit that pick six. Uh, I shared it, but it was so big. And I hit this pick five of my own. So I hit about for nine or 10,000 in November one day at Santa Anita or Del Mar, or whatever it was. I don't even know the track. So that kind of carried me for November because I sucked. Other than that one day, I kind of sucked in November, but that day got me uh, above water. December, I don't think has been very good as far as the betting goes. So I got to salvage something here at the end to uh, say I can finish because I've never had like six months in a row of positive, you know, I'm very streaky. Usually I'll have like two months where I'm killing it. And then two months where I'm, or four months even where I'm sucking real bad. And that was early in the year. Like I forgot the exact dates, but like January, February, I was killing it. And then March, April, May, June, July, those four or five months, I think four to the five, I did terribly. Uh, And then starting in August, um, you know, I started to turn around. So I'm hoping to turn around December because like I said, that would be the most positive months I've had in a row which is, um, you know, would be nice, but uh, yeah, it hasn't been a great December from the betting standpoint. So what are you going to do? So that's my goal this last week. So we all know based on Mike Valente, Saddle and Salky's Twitter poll that it's easier for you to hit a pick five than wrap a gift. So uh, (laughs) even though you only hit one out of 50, it's still easier for you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm terrible with the gift. The good thing, if you want to call it good, is this is my first Christmas uh, not married not having to participate and, um, as a result yes i didn't have i don't have to get gifts for you know well her but for other people as well in her family because she's a christmas person i'm a hanukkah person so i don't have to worry about wrapping gifts i literally had a couple of gift cards i gave out which i didn't have to wrap and that was it so that makes it much easier not having to wrap so we'll see what happens next christmas but for that's now why, no that, presents that's why- that, that's why they invented gift bags. <laughs> I am a big fan of the gift bags. You I'm a big a fan of the bag. gift card. I can seal an envelope with the best of them. I can lick those with the best of them, even though I don't like doing it because of germs and stuff, but still. <laughs> I, I, on the other hand, I take pride in my gift wrapping ability. I, 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 I've been around the block a few times uh, gift wrapping. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm okay in that. Uh, you know, I can make somebody a good husband one day. Maybe, maybe one day you will. You know anyone, uh, ladies? Uh, because out because there? It, it certainly didn't happen the first <laughs> twenty years when I was one. If you, if you got anyone in the Maryland area, sir, I don't know how. What's our age range for you? Are we fifty too young for you, or is that okay? Uh, there's a, like a radius I cut off. You know. All right. In the in the how about Mid Atlantic six sixty ish range? Yeah. Uh, who looks forty? <laughs> then uh, hit up GQ and uh, we'll see what we can do for him. So anyway, we're going almost an hour and a half now. So I want to uh, Uh-oh. cut it soon, although I'm enjoying hearing your thoughts. So one more time, any, any final thoughts? You kind of gave them already, right? We're good to go. <laughs> we're good. Let, let, let's end this puppy uh, right. and uh, wish everyone happy holidays. And we'll uh, be back for our year end show next uh, week. All right. Well said. Good luck, everyone. Merry Christmas. Ta-ta.